I've been blessed to see two Eucharistic miracles in my life. I saw the first one 11 years ago in the Church of St. Stephen, which is located in Santarém, Portugal. The story of that particular miracle, which some of you have probably heard before, involves events that go way back to the 13th century, the mid-13th century. A woman who lived in Santarém at the time was greatly troubled by her husband's adulterous behavior, as she should have been greatly troubled. Unfortunately, however, she made a mistake. She made the mistake of going to the local witch, the local sorceress, to find a solution to the problem. The witch told the woman that her husband would indeed change his ways and become faithful to her again. But only if the woman obtained for the witch a consecrated host from the local church. In case you're not aware of it, certain people in the occult, especially in satanic cults, they love to get their hands on consecrated hosts to desecrate them. Ironically, they believe it's truly the body and blood of Christ, whereas many Catholics do not. So the woman pretended to be ill, and she went to the local priest at St. Stephen's and asked him for prayers and for Holy Communion. The priest innocently gave her the Eucharist, which the woman took out of her mouth, obviously when the priest wasn't looking, and put into the veil that she was wearing on her head. She then left the church, but she never made it to the witch's house. As the woman left the church, the host began to bleed. She panicked, which was quite understandable. She ran home with the bleeding host and she put it into the cedar trunk where she kept her clean linens. During the night, however, the woman and her husband were awakened by bright rays of light coming forth from the trunk. At that point, she confessed to her husband what she had done. Not surprisingly, both of them were converted right on the spot. The two of them spent the entire night in adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. Some of their neighbors also saw the light that evening and they began to come to the house the next day. Finally, they told the parish priest and he took the Eucharistic miracle to the Church of St. Stephen in Santarem, where it's been to this day and where I saw it back in 2003. The other miracle which I've preached about on several occasions in the past and one of the most extraordinary of all the Eucharistic miracles I finally was blessed to see just a few months ago when we went on our pilgrimage to Italy. I'm talking here about the Eucharistic miracle of Lanciano which happened even before the other Eucharistic miracle I mentioned, before the Eucharistic miracle of Santarem. Santarem was in the 13th century. This one, Lanciano, was back in the 8th century. A priest in that town in Italy was having doubts about the presence of Christ in the Holy Eucharist. Yes, even priests can have their doubts about things. Not surprisingly, the priest prayed to God to remove the doubts. And the Lord did, in a miraculous fashion. One day, while the priest was celebrating Mass, 
when he said the words of consecration, the bread and wine literally, physically changed into flesh and blood. Now, how do we know that? Well, very simply because the elements were never consumed. They've been preserved for 13 centuries at a shrine in Lanciano. In 1971, the Church decided to have the elements analyzed by a team of scientists. Their testing led them to the following conclusions. The blood is real blood. The flesh is real flesh. Both belong to the human species. The flesh consists of the muscular tissue of the heart. The flesh and blood have the same blood type, AB positive. The proteins in the blood are in the same proportions as those found in normal, fresh human blood. There is no trace whatsoever of any materials or agents having been used to preserve the element. This is probably the most famous of all the miracles that have occurred, and there have been many of them since Jesus instituted the sacrament of the Eucharist at the Last Supper. Now, you may be surprised to learn that one of the lesser-known Eucharistic miracles took place just a few decades ago in the 1990s, and it involved our present Holy Father, Pope Francis, when he was a bishop down in Buenos Aires. I read about this just the other day. Here's how one writer, Alicia Cologne, described the miracle in an article she wrote last year. She said, On August the 18th, 1996, in Buenos Aires, Argentina, at Holy Mass, a woman discovered a discarded host on a candle holder. And she brought it to Father Alejandro Pese, who placed it in a container of water inside the tabernacle of the chapel of the Blessed Sacrament, which, by the way, is exactly what he should have done. When you have a host like this that cannot be consumed, what you do is you dissolve the host in water. The following Monday, August the 26th, upon opening the tabernacle, the priest was astonished to find that the host had become a bloody substance, and he notified his bishop Jorge Bergoglio, now Pope Francis, who gave instructions that the bloodied flesh be photographed. When the photographs were taken on September the 6th, the bloody flesh had grown significantly in size. After it had been kept in the tabernacle for a few years, the bishop decided to have it scientifically analyzed since it had not suffered any visible decomposition. In 1999, in the presence of then Cardinal Bergoglio, Dr. Ricardo Castagnon, an atheist at the time, he's not an atheist anymore, he sent the fragment to New York for analysis, but he did not inform the team of scientists of its origin so as not to prejudice the study. One scientist, Dr. Frederick Zugaba, a cardiologist and forensic pathologist, determined that the substance was real flesh, and contained human DNA, and furthermore, he concluded that it was a piece of heart muscle. It's interesting, it's always the heart. What do you think God's trying to tell us in that? Here's some of the doctor's testimony. The analyzed material is a fragment of the heart muscle found in the wall of the left ventricle close to the valves. This muscle is responsible for the contraction of the heart. 
It should be borne in mind that the left cardiac ventricle pumps blood to all parts of the body. The heart muscle is in an inflammatory condition and contains a large number of white blood cells. This indicates that the heart was alive at the time the sample was taken. It is my contention that the heart was alive since white blood cells die outside a living organism. They require a living organism to sustain them. What is more, these white blood cells had penetrated the tissue, which further indicates that the heart had been under severe stress, as if the owner had been severely beaten about the chest. Oh yes, one more interesting fact about the flesh in Buenos Aires. DNA tests revealed an exact match with the flesh in Lanciano, along with the same blood type AB positive, which indicates that the two pieces of flesh came from the very same person. That's quite interesting, given the fact that the miracles that produced them were separated by over a thousand years. Why am I not surprised? I tell you these three stories today, my brothers and sisters, because I think it's very easy for all of us, and I include us priests in this, it is very easy for all of us to lose our awareness of the great miracle that happens at each and every Mass. Because the Mass is such an ordinary part of our lives as Catholics, the constant temptation we face is for us to begin to look at the Eucharist as something ordinary. And it's not ordinary. In fact, I believe that's why the Lord has given us these miracles over the years, and there have been a number of them. He wants to make clear to us that the Eucharist is anything but ordinary. In the Catechism, paragraph 1376, we are told the following. Because Christ our Redeemer said that it was truly his body that he was offering under the species of bread, it has always been the conviction of the Church of God that by the consecration of the bread and wine, there takes place a change of the whole substance of the bread into the substance of the body of Christ our Lord, and of the whole substance of the wine into the substance of his blood. This change the Holy Catholic Church has fittingly and properly called transubstantiation. As St. Paul puts it in today's second reading, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? And yet, as we all are well aware, 99.9999999% of the time, the accidents, that is to say the physical properties of the bread and wine, do not change along with the substance. Even after the consecration, the host still looks like bread, smells like bread, tastes like bread. The consecrated wine still has the physical properties it had before the Eucharistic prayer was said over it. So you see, Jesus has given us these miracles to help us, because we don't see the change happening with our eyes. 
He's given us these miracles to help us trust in his word, to help us to look beyond what our human senses tell us. Notice something. Notice in today's Gospel from John 6, when Jesus talks to the people about giving them his body and blood, and they object. They say, how can this guy give us his flesh to eat and his blood to drink? Notice, after they do that, Jesus doesn't back off. He doesn't say, well, you know what, (laughs) don't don't freak out. I I was just kidding. I didn't mean it literally. I meant it symbolically. I'm just going to give you a symbol of my body. No! He ups the ante. He gets more emphatic about it. He says, look, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you don't have any life in you. Lord Jesus, today we thank you. We, your people, thank you for loving us enough to die for us on that cross and for loving us enough to humble yourself in this way and become our spiritual food. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be more aware of your presence in the Holy Eucharist in the future so that we will always be concerned to be reverent and properly disposed when we receive, and so that we will be open to all the graces, the many, many graces you want to give us in and through your holy body and your holy blood. Amen.